in a world where some of the greatest motion pictures ever made are reaching their 30th anniversaries, one group of friends gathered together to pay tribute to these films. Pat Cantagallo. Dennis Matouche. Jeff Mazuka, John Reed. Bo Warmbold. Each week, they feature one movie that reminds us why we fell in love with these films in the first place. This year, we travel back in time to 1984 and 85. You're listening to the 30-something Movie Podcast. This time around, we are going to be talking about Iron Eagle. Um, but before we get to that, this time I have with me um, the infamous, the infamous, infamous, thank you, infamous, Hefe Mazuka, which he will make an appearance. Hola. There we go. He will definitely make an appearance when we talk about uh, the three amigos later this month. And uh, the indomitable Patrick Canigallo. Hello. Okay, that was a very indomitable hello, so thank you for that. <laughs> well, he is my little buttercup. Well. Yeah. <laughs> my little buttercup. Ah, but I digress. Constantly. I digest. And I don't even know. Um, <laughs> so this time around, well, actually, you know what? This is our first episode of 2016, so Happy New Year, everybody. Happy hey, New Year. Happy welcome New Year. To, welcome to 1986. That's right. And we are ready to go. I, you know what? Before we get going with the Iron Eagle stuff, um, I was just going to run down real quick. Well, I wasn't going to run because that would just be silly. Um, but I was going to run down some of the movies that we've got coming up over the next few months or so, uh, just to just to wet everyone's whistle. Ooh. We well, consider yourself. No, never mind. Um, <laughs> let's get the wave off. Let's let's just not do that. <clears throat> I'm definitely using that line at some point in my life. I'm just saying. You're welcome. Copyright John Reed. <laughs> All right. So this month we've got Iron Eagle, The Three Amigos. We are The Three Amigos. Um, we have Labyrinth. Um, and we probably will have maybe one more episode if we can throw one in there too. Um, then February we're going to be doing FX, Delta Force, Soul Man. That's right. We will be talking about Soul Man. Jeff's shaking his head, but... We're doing it. Um, and then All we right. might... There we go. Um, <clears throat> we might get fired from the podcast, but we're not getting paid, so who cares? Um, we'll probably do one more in February. We may or may not review um, Deadpool. That one is coming out. That one looks pretty good. That one's coming out um, later in February. March, we've got Highlander, Police Academy 3 back in training, Hoosiers, which I have never seen before, but just got from the library the other day, so I'm very excited about that. And then we'll probably try to do one more um, in March, because I think March has three Wednesdays. So we'll try to do one more, and then we will definitely be doing Batman vs. Superman. And it will depend on whether I'm giggling or crying after I see that movie. It might be a little bit of both. Then in April, we've got Legend, uh, Space Camp, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and Hannah and Her Sisters. Um, Short Circuit, Top Gun, Cobra, uh, and possibly Captain America Civil War will be in May. June is Raw Deal, Invaders from Mars, Back to School, and The Karate Kid Part 2. And if we're feeling self-loathing, we might go see Independence Day Resurgence. July is Big Trouble in Little China, Aliens, Flight of the Navigator, and again, if we 
don't like ourselves, we might go see Ghostbusters or Star Trek Beyond. August, again, if we don't like ourselves, well, we're doing this one anyway, Howard the Duck, uh, Stand By Me. The one we're going to have to bring the tissues out for is going to be Transformers the movie. That's rough, man. That's rough. I'm... Yeah, I'm a little bit worried about watching that one. I don't know if I've. Uh, I think by August I can psych. emotionally ready. I think by August I can psych myself out for it, but. Uh, you've had 30 years to psych yourself out for it, but. Okay, it's not going to happen. That is, is that enough? No, <clears throat> it's not. I feel like we're losing you already. I, I'm feeling a little verklempt. You guys talk amongst yourselves. I'll give you a topic. The Holy Roman Empire was neither holy nor Roman nor an empire. Discuss. Um, we might. The Ottoman Empire was just filled with furniture. There's a whole bunch of footrests. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to foot soldiers, you had footrests. Less intimidating. Um, we might go see Suicide Squad. That one looks kind of interesting. I'm just kind of curious to see how somebody else does the Joker after Heath Ledger had his performance. Um, yeah. We got September, we got Crocodile Dundee, The Name of the Rose, Blue Velvet, and probably one other movie we haven't decided on yet. October is The Color of Money, House. Little Shop of Horrors, and The Fly. November is American Tale, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, which I am definitely ready for. That that may help me get over uh, Transformers, the movie, because there will be whales there. And The Mosquito Coast, and then there will probably be one, one more in November. Then December is going to be Platoon, The Golden Child, one more movie, and Star Wars Rogue One will definitely be covering that one. So and that course, is... All these are subject to change. Absolutely. If we decide, nope, forget it, we don't want to do that one, then it's out the door. Or we come across one that we've not thought of yet. That's also true, too. Yeah, I have a whole list of ones that I... Know. Oh, you know what? I added some the other day that I didn't even realize, like Poltergeist 2. It's not even oh, on the list. See, that involves Kane the Preacher. Yeah, it does. And I don't know if I'm ready to and, revisit that. And God is in his holy temple, my friend. I'm see. Mm. I enjoy sleeping, and that movie doesn't allow that to happen. <laughs> no. Thing, so we're gonna do Poltergeist two. So if we're I, doing Poltergeist two, someone's got to tell me whether the daughter made it back or not. In Poltergeist one. That's I, all I'm saying. I, you know what? Or you, I'm, can, you can put on your big boy pants and just watch Poltergeist. Mm. That would involve putting pants on. That's true. And as we were discussing earlier before we started recording, this has become a pants optional podcast since we're doing it online now. <laughs> and there we go. And we're live. <clears throat> All right. So Iron how, Eagle. How many minutes did it take got, to get John? into the gutter? What do you got for Iron Eagle? What do we got for Iron Eagle? Let's let's talk a little bit about this epic teen jet fighter rescue movie that is Iron Eagle. All right. So Iron Eagle was released on January 17th, 1986. Rated PG-13. Directed by Sidney J. Fury, who also directed that epic, epic adventure movie Superman 4. Produced by Ron Samuels, uh, who produced Born to be Sold, and Joe Wisen, who produced Along Came a Spider. Written by Kevin Elders, who did Iron Eagles 1 through 3, and written by Sidney Fury, the director, who also did Iron Eagles 1 through 3. Music by Basil Polidorus, who did the music for Robocop, Conan the Barbarian, and The Hunt for Red October. The budget was $18 million. The box office was $24.2 million. Starring Lucid... Okay. It's not Lucid. It's Lewis. Like the other day, was it, who was it, which one of you said the other day we were talking that was about, me. was that you, you said Lewis, Lewis Gossett, Gossett Juicer? Juicer? I was like, you the know Juicer. what, we just, we just got a Lewis Gossett Juicer. Juicer, it's sitting right next to our George Foreman grill, and it's been really great. I've loved using it. <laughs> Eating a whole lot healthier now. 
Right, man. All right. So he was Colonel Charles Chappie Sinclair. Uh, he was also in A Raisin in the Sun and Enemy Mine. Jason Gedrick was Doug Masters. Now you have to deal with Doug Masters. He was in Backdraft and Promised Land. David Suchet, uh, who is also known as Poirot, um, was the Minister of Defense Akir Nakesh. And you know what? I've seen it. i got to look back at the credits again. In some places, they call him Nakir Nakesh. In other places, he's Akir Nakesh. So I don't know which one. And I figured with this movie, it doesn't really matter. I didn't take the time to go look it up again. Uh, he was... In this, in this movie, not much mattered. No, not really. Um... He was in, and I, oh, I gotta look up what year this one is, because this one will get to me as much as the Transformers movie will. He was the hunter in Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah, let's. Oh. We're not gonna talk about Harry and the Harry and the Hendersons is kind of up there for me with the Transformers movie. Yeah, that I, that was yeah. There's there's not enough man in me to deal with what happens in Harry and the Hendersons. Uh, Larry B. Scott was Reggie. He was also in the Harry Karate and the Kid. Hendersons was eighty seven. Eighty seven. Oh, okay, so two more years. Uh, Larry B. Scott was Reggie. He was in Karate Kid, Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, Carolyn Lagerfeld was Elizabeth Masters. Uh, she was in Minority Report, Minority Report and the TV show Gossip Girl. Jerry Levine was Tony. He was in Born on the Fourth of July and the TV show Monk. Robbie Rist was Milo. Uh, he was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Balto. Uh, Milo was the kind of the nerdy, I think he was the nerdy kid with the glasses. And I'd looked, when I saw that he was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I thought, what was he in that? He was the voice of Michelangelo. No. So, that was pretty cool. Um, He wasn't in much else, but uh, Michael Bowen was Notcher. He was in Kill Bill and Jackie Brown. Robert Jane as Matt Masters. Um, He shows up in the credits as Bobby Jacoby, so a totally different name. He was in Tremors and Pat's favorite movie, Pearl Harbor. Yeah. That's great. Melora Hardin as Katie. She was in The Hot Chick, The Office, and 17 again. Uh, Tim Thomerson as Colonel Ted Masters. He was in the movie Trancers. Rotten Tomatoes. The critics gave this one. Uh, there actually is no score in Rotten Tomatoes for this one, but they're because they don't have enough critic reviews. Uh, there was one fresh critic review and three rotten critic reviews. The audience reviews uh, were 57%. Siskel and Ebert didn't touch this one with a 20-foot pole, and there are no awards for this movie. Uh, let me give a summary, and then I'll play the audio for the um, trailer for this one. Doug Masters may not have been accepted into the Air Force Academy, but when his father is shot down over enemy territory and sentenced to death, Doug must enlist the help of Colonel Chappie Sinclair to steal an Air Force jet and rescue his father. That sounds pretty dramatic but that wasn't enough to save the movie. <laughs> no. Doug Masters, raised on an airbase, born to fly. Doug, it's your dad. He's been shot down. Now his father is a hostage in a foreign country. I have been informed you will not sign the confession we require. At no time did I violate your territorial airspace. And nobody's willing to help him. We're doing all we can. Which is nothing, isn't it? Except one retired combat pilot. Chappie, he's only got three days. I got the whole base wired. I can get you plane, aerial recon, intelligence. Get me a couple of pilots too. I can get you one. We're gonna bust them out of there. You sure you're up to it? All right, all right, we're going. While the government can't risk a rescue, they will. I want these pigs blown out of the sky. See you soon, Dad. 
Louis Gossett Jr., Jason Gebrick, Iron Eagle. Um, this was supposedly based on the Gulf of Sidra incident in 1981, when two Libyan fighters fired upon two American F-14 com- Tomcat. I cannot talk tonight. Tomcats off the Libyan coast. The Libyans were shot down ultimately. The U.S. Air Force does not cooperate with any film involving theft of an aircraft, so they had to go to the Israeli Air Force um, and use them for filming. The fictional Arab nation of Bilya is a stand-in for Libya, because if you just jumble those letters around, you get the same thing. Colonel Chappie Sinclair is based on the real-life General Daniel Chappie, spelled with an I-E, not a Y, James Jr. He was a member of the uh, original Tuskegee Airmen and the first African-American four-star general. The film did not perform well at the box office, but $11 million in home video sales has led to the sequels. It was originally planned as a summer release, but they didn't want to compete with or confuse people with Top Gun. Don't worry. Uh, the stunt pilot in the snake scene, when they have the plane versus motorcycle race, was a well-known acrobatic pilot named Art Scholl, who was actually killed later that year during the filming of Top Gun. All right. That's what I've got for my notes and my background stuff. So lay it on me, gentlemen. How do you feel about Iron Eagle? Well, it was your guys' first time, so why don't you uh, you guys go ahead and... Uh... Oh, I don't know if I could come up with anything as great as you can, Pat. <laughs> well, uh, I, I mean, are you sure? I, you guys... Go for it. Take All it right. away. Well, okay. All right. Yeah, sorry about the dead airspace. Well, I mean, I... Uh, uh, I dead dead airspace. Yeah, that's, that's what you did there. Yeah, there you go. Pardon the pun. Well, okay, so I saw this movie first. I mean, I didn't go to the theater to see it, um, but growing up, I was into all things, um, you know, cars motorcycles, planes. Um, I read and studied a lot about the military and so on and flew model airplanes and all that. And I had a couple of friends that did too. And I saw this movie, I think pretty, you know, as soon as it made it to video. And I remember seeing it back then and, you know, the, the themes really stood out for me. You know, like, okay, a kid rescuing his dad. I mean, being, I think, 12 when I first saw the movie or 11, I mean, that stood out. Um, you know, okay, airplanes flying around, that was cool. Um, you know, you mentioned that they used the Israeli F-16s. So the paint scheme on the planes were, and I know this is kind of the geek out moment, but the paint scheme on the planes, you didn't see that with U.S. Air Force planes. So it was something different. It was exotic, and I remember that stood out in my mind. And, and that was about it. I mean, I think I saw it just, a, you know, a couple times as a kid. And... Um, you know, and enjoyed it because it was airplanes and, you know, they, they were bombs and missiles and they were fighting the bad guys. And, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty, you know, that's, that's kind of what the movie is, is all about. It's just kind of beating up on the bad guys. Now I see that movie and I, it, it hasn't been 30 years since I've seen it. I mean, I've watched it periodically, um, you know, put it on. And, I mean, I, I think the, over, the overwhelming things that come out for me is uh, uh, the cheese factor. I mean, the, 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 the acting in it and the lines that are being said are laughable. Uh, and you kind of you either cringe and turn it off and walk away, or you just kind of laugh and, and think it's pretty hilarious, you know, the way the lines are being delivered, um, how implausible the plot is and, and far out the plot is. And as cool as it is that, you know, it's a bunch of planes flying around, and as, um, as cool as it is that it's a bunch of planes flying around and all that, even the air sequences aren't as polished as 
you know, anywhere near as polished as something like Top Gun. So, I mean, you do see planes flying around, but, you know, it just, it just falls a little bit short there in, uh, in the special effects category. And, um, you know, I'll kind of close down my initial comments by saying the air race scene, except for the, you know, the stupid things that the guys are saying as they're flying around, um, the air race scene is actually pretty cool because, you know, that was before blue screens, and so you really had a stunt pilot flying that plane, you know, 50 feet off the ground or whatever it was. And uh, that was pretty fun watching, you know, when he was kind of, uh, you know, right behind the motorcycle following the contour of the roads and everything. And so that's still worth watching. But, uh, yeah, yeah, the rest of the movie just, you know, it's, um, <laughs> it's, 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 if you can laugh and, you know, get a kick out of the, out of the, you know, the, the cheesy lines and everything, um, you know, it's it's worth a laugh, but that's that's kind of about it. Well, I thought this was a, I thought it was a very poor prequel uh, to Iron Man, and um, you know, just just as a as a prequel, it just didn't work at all. And but my favorite part was when they um, did the whole thing in the bar with the uh, you know she's lost that loving feeling. Yeah, that part. Yeah, that was that was my favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, uh, John. Yeah. Got to back up a couple what, months. What what movie did you watch? Uh, I think it was uh, Iron Eagle. I'm I, I must have missed the bar scene then. I, you missed the bar scene when when all the kids go to the bar and they they sing "She's Lost That Loving Feeling." Yeah, I, I don't think that quite happened in this one, buddy. With with Goose it, and Maverick, right? Yeah, that was it. That was yeah. it. Yeah, I, my mistake. You're totally right on. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Oh, I know. Yeah, actually, I thought I was watching a good movie. Um, <clears throat> no, no, you're watching Iron Eagle, not was, a good movie. It was Iron Eagle. Okay. Um, you know what? When as I was watching this one, it I could tell right away that uh, I was going to need to let the whole thing, let the chips <laughs> fall where they may. I guess I don't even know what to say about it. Um, <laughs> I, I could tell pretty much pretty early on that uh, this was going to be one that I was just going to watch and go, okay, all right, uh, crap blows up. Uh, that's fun. And uh, there's fighter jets. That's cool. And um, okay, yeah, let's let's go rescue his dad. And uh, oh, there's rock music too. We got rock music. And so you know that for that to just kind of sit and watch it one time, I, I'm now I can now say I've seen Iron Eagle. If I could go back in time and talk to my, you know, one week younger self, I would probably say you don't need to see Iron Eagle. It's okay. There's other movies out there that might be a better you know use for your time. But uh, like Red Sonia. Oh, you know what? I would. I would actually definitely go watch Red Sonia before I'd watch Iron Eagle again. I love Red Sonia. Well, there you go. So, no, I you know, I was okay with this one. There was just <clears throat> but there was a lot that and usually I suspend my disbelief and I just go with it, especially when it's a movie that's a little bit older and they try to do the special effects, but you know they're doing it on a budget. And there were times where I'm watching this and I can tell that the planes are models. And when they blow up and they splinter, which is not what metal does, um, mm. then I know that they're scale models made out of wood. Um, you know, that was one of my biggest issues is every time the planes blew up, it looked like a, a model airplane of, mm -hmm. made of balsa wood just yep. splintering yeah. as opposed to exploding. Well, and, and they blew up whether they were hit with a missile right, or, or, or bullets. with a gun yeah. or whatever. It always Every plane blew up the same way. Right. Yeah. And the, the part that kind of took me out of that, because the action scenes, I thought, okay, you know what? The acting is horrible in this movie. It's from, from top to bottom, it's horrible. 
um, even Louis Gossett Juicer, um, who is a good actor, and I loved him in Enemy Mine, I thought he was a little over the top in this one. I mean, I thought he was trying to compensate for everybody else by being a little bit too over the top. And but I, I knew the acting he, was going to be bad. He seemed inconsistent. Yeah, I mean, there's times like, where he's like, where he's like growling his lines, and there there are times it seemed okay, but then there are other times like, whoa, 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 you're not really tone it down, the Colonel. Yeah, you're like what, what? So he, I don't know, he yeah. was just so up get, and down. Get get past the, the right and get past the scenes with the kids and the bad acting and everything else. The the motorcycle scene uh, at the beginning, I love that part. That part was great. And then I was looking forward to all the um, fighter jet scenes because, I, to be honest, I don't know that I've really watched too many other fighter jet movies other than Top Gun. So as I'm watching this one, I'm thinking, okay, at the very least, bad acting, whatever, we're going to see some cool fighter jet scenes. And then it got into that. I'm like, well, okay, so I see a gun firing, and then it just cuts to an explosion. You fire a missile, it cuts to an explosion. I want to have that buildup of drama where you fire the missile and I get to see that missile fly through the air, not just cut to the same shot. And they, they may have been re- reusing the same shot over and over again of just something exploding. I'm like, fire, explosion. I'm like, well, if it's a missile, show me. Like, build up that that expectation of watching that missile fly through the air, but that never happened. So even the, well, the action sequences for me were even a little bit of a letdown. Well, that, I mean, that was, and, and, and I mean, even the scenes that they showed of the planes flying around, you're right. I mean, it was, it was like a lot of the same footage just played over and over. Like, you know, the beginning had single-seat F-16s, but then every couple of times you saw the two-seat F-16s, which they were flying at the end, so they had the seat in the back that he could pick them up. And then, you know, sometimes the planes, they showed the planes loaded with all the bombs and the missiles and so forth. Sometimes the planes had absolutely nothing hanging off of them. So the real, it just, even that was choppy in terms of, you know, the actual planes that they were flying at at that given time. Right. Yeah, my, my two biggest issues really kind of were the special effects and the editing. I feel like the, the cuts were way too quick, especially during the uh, the dog fights and you know you you see him hit the button for the missile and before the missile even has a, an opportunity to detach from the from the jet the enemy plane is exploding and so like you John I like I, I want to see that happen I want to see the missiles travel I want to you know see some misses I want to see some some tension it seemed this kid who'd never been in combat before had a pretty good handle about uh, shooting down the enemy mm-hmm. as long as he had his headphones on, which was another question I have. Well, yeah. When did the Walkman come out? The Walkman was released on July 1st, 1979. So? So, yes, by 1986, I don't know what it would have cost, but by 1986, then he could have definitely had, you know, let's see. Yeah, so um, I, I don't know if, if, if it really served a purpose for him to have his own contraption or... What? But I, I just found it annoying that I don't know. I don't know why it bugged me. It just did. Well, and then some of the other stuff that was the, you know, that suspension of disbelief. Uh, you know, they. Uh, I, I think I was talking to you about this one, Pat, and I said that he um, he had. They were like ten minutes behind, five minutes behind, whatever it was. And he goes, "Oh, I, I got a way to fix that." And by turning on his rock music, somehow the fighter jet that's flying at top speed anyway can now make up for being ten minutes behind. And hey, by the way, everybody, Dennis Matuch has now joined us eating a bowl of cereal. Hey, Dennis. No, is this Chipotle? 
This has now become the cereal podcast. Chipotle. Chipotle. Oh, Chipotle. Okay, uh, never mind. Quite hey, what Alan says. Did you get a big side of that E. coli? Yeah, exactly. I laugh in the face of E. coli. <laughs> nice. So, you know, and I got to be honest, there's still elements of the thing, of the, of the movie, that I get excited about. I mean, the idea of a kid going to rescue his dad, I think that's pretty cool. Right. Um, the I, like, idea, I like that. That part to me is cool. Just I don't. It was not well executed. Right. And I think we were talking about this the other day. Kid rescuing his dad. That's cool. The mm-hmm. idea of two guys kind of not going AWOL, but two guys, you know, going going off the reservation, so to speak, kind of coming up with their own mission. That um, was that was that called was Brokeback cool. Mountain, and we're not going to be covering that movie for quite a while. Right. That's right. Okay. I mean, that was kind of cool. I mean, and you know, there were a couple scenes like when he said, "Okay, you know, we're." We're deviating from our course. They're going to know something's up in a couple minutes. And all right, we're at the enemy coast. I mean, that was that had the potential to be pretty exciting. But they just the, – the way – I mean, the acting and the way it was done that it was like a high school kid. And I, I think I did say this to you the other day. I mean, how cool would it have been if it had been not a high school kid but maybe a guy that had just gotten out of the academy and was just in the Air Force. He was a rookie and maybe – he decided with an ex- another experienced pilot to go rescue his father who was shot yeah. down. Well, yeah, I mean, when you and I were talking about it, it was, we were. I think I even said, well, it could have been his brother. You know, if it yeah. had been his brother who was maybe at the academy in his 20s, maybe that's a little bit more believable, but yeah. All right, yeah. so so one of my one of my questions with this, we talked a little bit about um you know, we talked a little bit about this when we talked Rocky and um Karate Kid. If if we can make this an, this analogy, if Karate Kid is the kids or teen version of Rocky, which we kind of said there, you could make that connection if you wanted to. Is this the kids or teen version of Top Gun? Eh. <laughs> well, and that's the podcast, folks. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> but that I is the correct know. answer. I mean, it, on one hand, maybe because we're talking fighter jets with all of them and. Is this if guys if Top Gun bad guys? But I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like as a kid, Rocky didn't appeal to me, but Karate Kid did. Would this movie appeal more to kids, and Top Gun wouldn't? No, I saw them, I saw them both when I was. Well, I can't speak for every kid, but I mean, okay. I saw them both, and I, I think Top Gun was, you know, <laughs> Top Gun was. I mean, the cooler movie. Yeah, in my in my book. Did did any of you guys watch this? Well, either of them, this one and Top Gun, when they came out or close to when they came out? Because I did not. Yeah, I, I did. Okay, you did. I remember watching Top Gun when uh, close to when it came out. I'd never, I'd never seen this one before, uh, watching it for this podcast. Okay, Dennis, what about you? I saw Top Gun when it came out pretty early. Um, Iron Eagle was later on on VHS. I don't know when. Okay. If it was around the time, it wasn't as memorable, obviously. Top Gun, I remembered, and I was, you know, whatever, 13 at the time. So I remembered Top Gun more than I remembered Iron Eagle. You know? Yeah. I I mean, and I don't, you know, I know we we sort of talked about that with uh, Karate Kid and Rocky, but, yeah, I just see it as two movies that have to do with, Fighter jets. I, I don't see. I mean, the plots are not similar. Yeah. Um, so I, love story interest. Top Gun's all about a love story too. I mean, you know, it has the whole love piece. Where this really, from what I remember, again, I'm speaking because I did not get to see this one recently. So I'm going off what I remember. I do, I just remember Louis Gossett Jr. being the old, you know, and, and the the kid helping to go find his father, and that's what I remember as a story. 
I don't remember any sort of love interest in there. I correct me if I'm wrong because I haven't seen it in the last year or whatever last ten years. But um, there, there was a love story right. between the kid and his Walkman. Okay, there you go. See, so there was no love story piece to it. I think Top Gun had that whole element to it as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so how does this one compare to other uh, fighter jet movies, other military movies, patriotic movies, whatever category you want to put this in? How does this one compare to other military-type movies? I'm going to just jump in and say this definitely had a lot of, how should you say it, uh, hoorah, hoorah go America moments in it. I mean, that, this, this seemed to... This seemed a little bit over the top with that kind of stuff. Yeah, that over the top is a great movie. But go ahead. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, oh, let's watch that one next. We'll, we'll get to that one. Is that okay. one? I think that one might be eighty-six. It's Excellent. It's either eighty-six or eighty-seven. It's got to go on the list. I just want to say how cool I think it is that it jumps to different screens when someone starts talking. I just think that's cool. Oh, on the Hangout when it when it features the different person. Yeah. Yeah. How does it know? It's technology, Dennis. Over, the top, over <laughs> the top is 87. Oh, it's 80. oh. I'll have to Google it. Google it. Yeah, Google it. You can figure it out. So here's my other question, because I know uh, Pat and Jeff, you guys look, like to get into controversial conversations. Um, is this movie a metaphor for white privilege? <laughs> it's a young kid, and the only way he gets any of this done is is he, he has connections. I, uh, I love, can I just say I love the setup on there? <laughs> Yeah, I know. I, I, that. You love to get. John is just good at getting the best out of this. Yeah. <laughs> I, of of no, all the things. Iron Eagle, but let's create some. <laughs> of all the things I saw in this movie, I got to be honest that that really wasn't one of them. It wasn't okay. The fact that the older and higher ranked African American pilot ended mm -hmm. up working for, and he was the co-pilot and he was the wingman. He wasn't the main guy. He ended up working for the young white kid. That was not a metaphor of white privilege. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just not seeing it. I, I think we're trying to, I think we're trying to spark some kind of a, of a good conversation with this. I'm not, I'm not trying to spark anything. I'm just talking movies. I, uh, I, I got nothing, Jeff. Maybe, maybe Jeff, maybe you saw something that I, that I missed, but uh... Uh, you know what? My microphone and headphones cut out again. I missed this whole last. <laughs> what are you talking about? Wah, 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 wah. Here's John. Fishing. Are, so, we at, are we at the half-hour mark? If we're at the half-hour mark, I think we can stop talking about Iron Eagle. <laughs> yeah, well, how about if we need to put – well, we could stop, but, I mean, if yeah. we need to put more time in, what would you guys say – I mean, and it could go either way. I suppose you could talk about fighter plane movies. You know, what would be the top fighter plane movies? Or if you wanted to go more in general, what would be the top, um, you know, military movies? And it, see, in my mind, it, you almost have to divide it because, you know, you got maybe war movies or, or military movies – this did had something to do with the military, but this was more of a an action flick, just kind of set with fighter planes, sort of like well, Top Gun. My, my so top I, fighter plane I movie is Star Wars. I just don't think you can classify this movie in any yeah. one category <laughs> right. on a strong basis. I mean, it's just like... I like fire the movie. The, the movie doesn't know what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Teen yeah. action patriotic comedy. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I just I have a hard time dropping this in any any one category, thinking oh it's definitely this type of movie because I just other than not great I don't know what other category to put it in. It's Iron yeah. Eagle. It is its own category. 
That's right. Mm-hmm. Dennis, you like okay. Firefox? I like Firefox. You're talking about like other, you know, no, I, Clint, it had Clint in it, you know? Yeah. Firefox was a cool movie. Yeah. That was a cool movie. But you were asking about other movies that were, you know, so I just was saying that was one that always came to mind. Okay. That one I have not seen. When did that one come out? 82. Okay. I haven't seen that one. With Clint. You'd like it. It's cool. The scenario is just really quick. I can read even here for you. Even a pilot is sent to the Soviet Union on a mission to steal a prototype jet fighter that can part, be partially controlled by a Neuralink. Yeah. Well, see, that's cool. I, I, would, I would see that. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that... Yeah, um, and that movie was cool because it wasn't just the planes. I mean, he had to sneak in the Soviet no. Union to steal it. And that was a really cool movie. Yep. Wasn't that also the premise of... Was there a movie called Stealth where they could fly the ship with their mind or something like that? Wasn't it like Jamie Foxx or somebody like that was in the movie with so Stealth Fighters? Stealth, um, that, that, that was a movie and it did have planes in it. Yeah. Actually, it might have been, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was Jamie. Josh Lucas, Josh, Lu- Josh Lucas, Jessica Biel, Jamie Foxx were in it. I did not see that, but that was deeply escon- um See, in a top-secret military program, three pilots struggle to bring an artificial intelligence program under control before oh, yeah. it initiates the next world war. Is a project, uh, they join a project to develop an automated robotic stealth aircraft. Yeah. Okay. That, was a, it, it was a good action flick. I yeah. mean, it was fun. Planes were flying around. Things blew up. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and I think for me, you know, Top Gun's always going to be on the top of the list. I don't think I have any. Yeah. Well, Star Wars, but then Top Gun. Yeah. Top Gun's, Top Gun's really good. Um, there was one I can't remember the name there was one set up in World War One, and again it was I mean it was Hollywoodized it wasn't like a factual account there were little it was like Top Gun it was there were certain little things that they put in the movie that were kind of like about um, uh, you know that, were, that that had approximations of truth but it was really I can't remember it was a World War One movie and it was all about that it was it was my I think James Franco was in it um, I'll have to look up the title. That one, it's older, older style, but that one was actually pretty good. Yes. Um, what was that? Was that called Reds? What was it called? That wasn't Reds, was it? Wasn't there? A... No. I don't wait. I don't think it was Reds. Flyboys. Was it called Flyboys? Flyboys yeah. was a good one. That might. Yeah, been... Flyboys. Okay. Was that it? That was it. Yeah, Franco was in there. Yeah. Okay. Good, and then I mean, if you're getting into other things, I mean, you know, again, all of these kind of are action movies just set in the air and with the military. I mean, if you get into things like Memphis Belle or Twelve O'Clock High, those are phenomenal movies. But that gets into more of the war picture categories. I mean, they have a little bit more of a serious, you know. What about the Rocketeer? Oh my God! Don't even start talking about. I love that movie. That's just an excellent movie. Okay, the Rocketeer wins. If you want to stretch it, you got Independence Day too, which had a lot of jet planes in there, and Randy Quaid, and um, and what's his name was a jet pilot. Uh, the, the... Will Smith. Will Smith. Will Smith. Yeah, that little no name actor. Yeah, yeah, that one. That one can count. I mean, you know, there were some pretty cool scenes with the alien ships chasing his plane, and uh, that's true. That one was good. Yeah. What did, didn't he pull the parachute to block the thing and it crashed? Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, he's smart. What a Our, smart pilot. You know, he's Will Smith. Uh, he's And he's made some great movie decisions in the last few years, too. Um, so as a way of kind of wrapping this one up, what is your favorite? Because the, the dialogue was absolutely horrible. So what was your favorite quote from the whole movie? 
I'll, I'll just do mine. Well, actually, I've got a couple of them. Um, I have when the Colonel Nakesh is now, and he's uh, flying, and he's off to go get Doug Masters. Uh, he comes over the radio and says, now you may deal directly with me now, Colonel Akira Nakesh. And Doug, that intimidating 18-year-old kid, and you can deal with me, Doug Masters. <laughs> Way to go, Doug. I see he's shaking now. The other, like, the other one I had I like was, the, uh, looks, the, like they'll looks like they'll be... Looks like they'll importing oil this year, Chappie. Yeah. <laughs> that one was definitely a good line. What do you got, Pat? I mean, this this is your movie, so you gotta you got to pull something big out here. Yeah, you know what? I, I don't know if it's a direct quote, but I think when they when they cut away to the Middle East and they they're trying to make it look like the Middle East, and so you know there's a bunch of sand and a bunch of palm trees, and they're supposed to have the um, and I said this to you guys this week, but they're supposed to have you know the Muslim call to prayer yes. where you know either the you know person singing in the tower, or the loudspeakers are you know they're 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 singing the prayers and everything, and and. Mm -hmm. The boy, I can't, I can't describe it. I'm not. It sounded, it sounded more like the opening to uh, Lion King than the actual Muslim call to prayer. Right. It, it was not a Muslim call to prayer. It was basically just some guy like yodeling, uh, and, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of what it was, and it was, it was such just a stock like, okay, well, this is the, mm -hmm. you know, the Middle East, and I mean, and it, and that falls into what I said before. It's, it just has that. It's Hoorah, that, America. Well, we kind of just all assume that's what that's what they sound like in the Middle East. What's and, that? It's that Arab country where they just mumble everything. Yeah, and and so I mean that that part that part was a little that part was that part I cringed at. I got to yeah. be honest. That was oh boy, that's that's pretty uh, wow. So uh, I guess that would be because I mean all the other quotes are just so priceless. I feel like anything that Colonel Nakash said is up there for just a a, a good soundbite. <laughs> Because uh, I just kind of looked it up and you know, lo looked up some of his quotes, and I found this one: the, "Give the American his final meal. After tomorrow, he will not have much of an appetite." Ooh, That's pretty good. burn. That's pretty good. I like. Oh the, man, the threat. <laughs> I like the fake. I like the fake Southern accents, like when they're flying in the beginning, and the and and the, the wingman to the dad, uh, Colonel Masters, the wingman. You know that they get the. The, the guys fly in. They said you're invading our airspace and so on. And with the real, to my ears, maybe the guys right out of the south. I don't know, but it was what the heck he's talking about, Colonel. I mean, it's just like that's like that sounds like me trying to do a southern accent, mm -hmm. and I can't act. So if that sounds like me, we we got problems. I think everybody was trying a little bit too hard in this one. Yeah. All right. You know, I'm going to say, yeah. here's, here's, here's going to be the one line. I'm going to try and find the ray of sunshine. The one line I thought was really cool, and it's just going to be obscure, but it's when they're actually attacking the base, and the kid's actually getting nervous, like, well, what do I do? What do I do? And Chappie just says, you cluster the runway, I'll do the rest. I think that's kind of a cool line. I mean, it's just obscure and all that, but that was kind of like, that would have been a perfect line if the whole movie around it had been better. So yeah. that's... That's and, then, and then you get, I'm not going to make it, Doug. And Doug following it up with that great line, Chappie! Wow. <laughs> and did you notice now they, they almost, they kind of stole a line from Star Wars when he asked if they could fire the, the missile um, without taking off when they're on the ground. What I wanted him to say after that was like, I don't ask those questions until after I've done it. Yeah. That's that type of line executed better. 
Yeah. Hey, okay, I'm just going to say what I think is hilarious is when he drops the Hades bomb and the whole runway is lit up and they're trying to send people they're trying to send things through and so they try and send like the truck through and then they send the car through and all of it like gets through and it blows up. Did you notice after they tried the truck and the car, they send the guys on the motorcycle? Yeah. And it was like, okay, so there's a guy in a truck that doesn't make it through. There's a guy in a car that doesn't make Yeah, let's send the motorcycle. Send Maybe the motorcycle. they'll be okay. You too, go on foot. By that time, I was so entranced by the magic of the movie, I didn't even notice (laughs) that. You suspended your disbelief, right? You know, I kind of wish I could... I kind of wish I could have watched the movie. I, I kind of wish I could. You know how the uh, when he listened to his music, it, it was able to help him speed up his jet plane. I kind of wish that I could have closed my eyes, listened to the soundtrack, and it sped up the movie. All right. Well, with that, that's probably going to do it for mercifully. This is a mercy killing of uh, Iron Eagle. So, um, with that, I think that's going to do it for Iron Eagle. Uh, if you would like this to get you, Chappie. yeah, there you go, Chappie. Um, if you would like to get in touch with us and tell us to never watch movies like this ever again, uh, you can give us a call on our voicemail line at 87235-MOVIE. That would be 872-356-6843. If you'd like to visit our website and our crowdfunding page, go to the30podcast.podbean.com. We're on Twitter at 30podcast. Uh, we also have email, 30podcast at gmail.com. And we are on facebook.com slash 30podcast. Well, gentlemen... Have we said enough about Iron Eagle? I think so. Okay. I think we're probably good then. All right. We said more than we ever thought we possibly could. That's also true. Uh, Until next time, thank you for joining us. Gentlemen, thank you. Thanks, Chappie. Thanks, Chappie. We're doing this one for Chappie.